0: our right, topic for today is uh, i called it Overcoming the Compulsiveness of Karma with Ethical Self-Discipline since uh, we are discussing here the relation of karma and ethical self-discipline and the main point of the uh, discipline and ethics is to overcome karma so this all fits within the context of uh, what's known as the Four Noble Truths Buddha taught ...that we have a great deal of uh, suffering. These come from causes. There is a situation in which all the, uh, the suffering and its causes are gone, can be gone forever. And this can be attained through pathway of correct understanding of reality, ethics, and so on. Now, this is a structure that you find in general in uh, Indian philosophy and thought and religion... But Buddha called these uh, points the true suffering, the true causes, the true stopping of them, and the true path that leads to it. So he said the others uh, weren't uh, going deeply enough. And these are seen as true by Aryas, the highly developed, highly realized uh, beings who have seen reality. It's interesting that he used the term Arya. These were, that's the name of the uh, people who came about 500 years before uh, the Buddha, and brought the Vedas and conquered India and so on. So these are the the conquerors. So what he's saying is that these are the ones who have not only seen what are the true sufferings and its causes, etc., but they have overcome them. So they are the victors. This is a term that's used throughout Buddhist terminology. So karma is one of the main causes of... Suffering, one of the true causes of true suffering, and it requires uh, ethical self discipline to overcome it. Very important to understand what is karma. If we look at uh, the Sanskrit word, then it derives from a root, kur, which means to do, and uh, like the word dharma comes from the word "dar" to protect. And uh, so then you add an ending to it, this ma. And you get that which acts, or that which drives actions, just as dharma would be that which protects us, protects us from suffering. So karma is that which drives us into acting, that brings about suffering, and Dharma is that which will protect us from suffering. Now, what that means is that karma is not the actual actions themselves, although you have a a difficult problem here, a confusing problem, because it's translated into Tibetan with a word which means actions. And so most Tibetan teachers will translate When they talk about karma, they translate the Tibetan translation for it, which means action. So you get the idea that karma means the actions themselves. But then this becomes very confusing, because if a true cause of suffering are are actions, then all you would need to do is stop doing anything, and then you would be free. So that doesn't make any sense. So (laughs) what we're talking about here with karma is the compulsion that drives us to act, speak, and think in ways that are mixed with confusion. This is confusion about how we exist, how others exist, and how rea- what is reality. So, because we are confused about who we are and how, <laughs> what's going on in the world, then we act in very compulsive ways. These uh, compulsive ways can be Compulsively negative, like always yelling and being uh, cruel to people and so on. Or it could be compulsively acting in a positive way. Like, for instance, being a perfectionist. You know, neurotically a perfectionist. Or, I have to be good. And then became very compulsive about that. Or, everything has to be clean. You know, this whole syndrome of being a perfectionist. This (laughs) This is... Produces a lot of suffering, actually, doesn't it? Although it's acting in a very positive uh, type of way. So we're not talking about uh, stopping acting in a positive manner. We're talking about getting rid of the neurotic compulsiveness behind it. That is the cause of suffering. Because uh, behind that perfectionism is confusion about uh, how we exist thinking of ourselves as this uh, big solid me, me, me and and, then this me has to be perfect good and why so that mommy or daddy will pat me on the head and uh, call me a good girl or a good boy I mean, what's behind this as one of my teachers said then what are we going to do, wag our tail like a dog (laughs) (laughs) so we are working then to uh, get rid of Karma, that is compulsiveness that is causing, that is one of the causes, uh, one of the true causes of our suffering. Now, we uh, work on stages, and uh, according to the Mahayana Lam Rim, which is, uh, Lam Rim is a Tibetan term, which means the graduated stages of the path, and Mahayana is the uh, area of Buddhism, the realm of Buddhism or schools of Buddhism in which uh, this developed initially to a very, very small extent in India, but uh, highly developed and elaborated in Tibet. Although, again, you know, I studied uh, many Asian languages, so I am always trying to be precise with the languages. We're not talking about an actual, uh, when it's translated as "graduated path, it is not actually talking about something that you're walking on, but uh, rather we're talking about uh, states of mind, levels of understanding and internal development that, like a path, will lead us to the goal. And this is uh, this uh, way of developing ourselves is built one step on the next. And what we are doing is basically broadening the scope of our motivation, our goal, our aim, and so on, step by step. And uh, so what we'll look at is how we, in each of these steps, we're working to uh, overcome karma with ethical discipline. This is involved in all these stages. So the first, uh, well, I should just say very briefly, the three levels are working to overcome worse Rebirths, so that uh, we continue to have better rebirths. So we want to uh, attain specifically not just better rebirths, but uh, rebirth in, with a precious human life. And then on the second level, we want to uh, overcome rebirth altogether. You might have heard this term samsara. Samsara is referring to uncontrollably recurring rebirth. From Mahayana point of view, mental continuum, I mean, we go on forever. It's eternal. So even after we become a Buddha, we continue to exist. This is Mahayana presentation. But what we want to overcome is this compulsive, uncontrollably recurring rebirth filled with more and more suffering and problems. So we will gain here. We're aiming for liberation from that. And then on the third level, so then we are aiming to reach a state in which we are able to help everybody else get uh, liberated from this, which means to become a Buddha, an omniscient being, so that we understand, among other things, the karma of everybody, so that we know how best to help them. So karma is involved in uh, all these uh, areas. Let's first look at uh, overcoming worse rebirths. When Buddha spoke about true sufferings, or true problems, suffering sometimes is a little bit awkward term. We are working here to overcome primarily the first type of uh, problem or difficulty that we face, and this is our usual understanding of the word suffering. So, unhappiness, pain, pain, horrible things happening to us and so on. So physical and mental suffering. And what... uh, So this is what we want to overcome. Worst rebirths are going to be filled with really terrible suffering. If uh, we think of being born as uh, a fish in the ocean that's swimming around and then all of a sudden a larger fish comes and just bites it in half. Or uh, an insect Being eaten by a larger insect and stuff like that is not a very pleasant prospect. It's not something that we would like to experience, is it? Or you know how animals are always looking around to make sure that no bigger animal comes and takes its food away. This paranoia and fear. Or I think of these chickens in uh, these uh, what Dalai Lama calls uh, chicken prisons in which they can't move and they're just raised to uh, eventually be eaten in a uh, McDonald's and half of which is thrown in the garbage. So, <laughs> And Buddhism describes much worse situations, but we don't need to go into that at the moment. But we want to avoid that. We really do. And what we want to attain is Happiness. Everybody wants to be happy, nobody wants to be unhappy. That's a basic axiom in Buddhism. And what we're talking about here is just our ordinary happiness. We'll speak about that more when we get to the second scope. So, what is the uh, true cause of uh, unhappiness and this gross suffering? And negative karma is the primary cause. So, it's the compulsiveness to act in destructive ways, brought on by and accompanied with disturbing emotions. This is a very important thing to understand that when we talk about destructive behavior or negative behavior, we are not talking about an ethical system which is based on laws whether we're talking about laws which are coming from a divine origin or we're talking about uh, civil laws made up by a government in those type of systems of ethics to be an ethical person basically we have to be an obedient follower either citizen or follower of a religion and obey the laws and of course in conjunction with law then there is innocence and guilt isn't there? and judgment. So, this is completely not the Buddhist concept of ethics. Here we are uh, talking about an ethical system that uh, is based on confusion. By that, I need to uh, elaborate. When we act in a destructive way, it's not because we are disobedient, but rather we are just confused about reality. That's why we act in a destructive way. Like, for instance, sticking your hand in a fire or on a hot stove, something like that. It's not because we were disobeying the law, which said, don't put your hand in the fire. But, uh, you know, you put your hand on the hot stove, basically because we didn't know that it was hot. You know, like one of these electric stoves. They didn't know. Confusion. So we didn't know. We're confused. We didn't know that if we acted in a certain way, it's going to produce problems. I said something to you, and I didn't know that it would hurt your feelings. It wasn't that I was bad because I said it. I just I didn't realize that it would hurt your feelings, so I was confused. Or we could have purposely said it to uh, hurt you, but that is also uh, being confused about the reality of the other person. Uh, the other person is a human being just like us they want to be happy, they don't want to be unhappy if they acted in an unruly manner that was because they were confused if they acted in an unruly manner toward us that was because they were confused so when we act in a destructive manner this is brought on by and accompanied by some disturbing emotion what is a disturbing emotion? what's the definition? It's an emotion that, when it arises, makes us lose our peace of mind and makes us lose self-control. It's very interesting, very good, useful definition because uh, we can usually sense, you know, when <laughs> we're feeling nervous, we don't have peace of mind, and we act compulsively. Some disturbing emotion is behind it. So, what are our major disturbing emotions? There's a cluster of attachment, longing, desire, and greed. We exaggerate the positive qualities of something, totally ignore or deny any negative qualities. And if we don't have it, we want it. That's longing, desire. If we have it, we don't want to let go. That's attachment. And even if we have it, we're not satisfied. We want more. That's greed. Uh, This is... Disturbing state of mind, doesn't it? Prevents us from enjoying anything. And then we have anger. And then many grades of anger. And simply naivety. Naivety about the effect of our behavior on ourselves and on others. Like being a workaholic, pushing yourself uh, so much, we're naive that uh, it's going to be harmful to our health to our family and so on, so it's very self-destructive or we are always late and don't keep our appointments uh, with others, this is naive to think that it's not going to hurt the other people, they're not going to feel bad so it's destructive behavior so these are states of mind that cause us to lose peace of mind and self-control and they accompany our compulsively you know that compulsion to act in a destructive way. Like, work too hard, or say, why don't you leave me? Why? I said that incorrectly. (laughs) Don't ever leave me. I can't live without you. This type of thing. is very destructive, isn't it? So there's the disturbing emotion behind it, and the compulsion to always say that, to always act in that way. They go together. So, causes our problems. Suffering is destructive. We're unhappy. And uh, in addition, destructive behavior is uh, accompanied by a few further states of mind, which also cause us to act in a compulsive manner, compulsively destructive manner. First, we have no respect for good qualities and those who possess them. We have no self control to restrain ourselves from acting negatively. We have no moral self dignity. You know, I respect myself so much, I'm not going to act like that. Yeah, it's, self-respect is a very important uh, thing. If you have self-respect, you're not going to come crawling after somebody and begging them, don't leave me, and so on. Yeah, you have a sense of self-dignity. Uh, Here, yeah. you don't. <laughs> you have a destructive behavior. And fourth one is that uh, we don't care about how our actions reflect on others. For instance, if uh, you go on a holiday and uh, you act in a very rowdy way and always getting drunk and loud and ruining the hotel room and so on, it would give a bad name to German tourists, for example. So you don't care about how this would reflect on your fellow countrymen. Hmm. So these are uh, another cluster of uh, attitudes that uh, accompany this compulsive, destructive behavior. So we need ethical self-discipline to refrain from negative actions. And we uh, get that uh, ethical self-discipline by removing one aspect of uh, confusion. In other words, we understand behavioral cause and effect. In other words, we understand that if we act in these destructive ways, if we let ourselves be controlled by our disturbing emotions, it's just going to produce a great deal of unhappiness and problems for myself and others. It's very important to understand here that Basically, we're talking now about the first level of ethical behavior, which is self-control. And Self-control is not based on wanting to be obedient and a good citizen or a good follower of your religion, but rather we, are, we exercise self-control because we understand that if we act completely out of control, it's going to produce a lot of problems. This is... Uh, a very (laughs) important thing to uh, stress, I think, in our presentation of Buddhism, in our understanding of Buddhism. If our ethics are based on obedience, then we know from daily experience that uh, people rebel against having to be obedient, having to follow the laws, especially if you're a teenager. Or we think that somehow we can get around the laws we can get away with it we're we're not going to be caught whereas uh, here ethics is simply based on understanding so rebellion is not really an issue now of course it's not so easy to understand the relation between destructive behavior and unhappiness and suffering so you might not believe that In which case you would say, well, this ethics is ridiculous. But uh, on one level, when we have some life experience, you see that if you are always acting in uh, negative ways, you're not a terribly happy person. Other people don't like you, do they? They're afraid of you. I'm afraid to, to meet you because uh, you might get angry with me. I'm afraid to speak with you because you may uh, explode. So, from our experience, we can understand that just on a very basic, what we'd say is a superficial level, that acting negatively and destructively brings unhappiness. Interesting point, because, uh, of course, we could act in a destructive way and feel very happy about it. Like, for instance, you, there's this mosquito buzzing around uh, your face uh, when you're trying to sleep, and you smack it and kill it, and you feel, ah, you know, I got it, and uh, you're really happy. But if you think about it, then you are always in this sort of paranoid state that there's another mosquito that's going to come, because your way of dealing with something that annoys you is to kill it. So you're not looking for a peaceful solution. Peaceful solution, if you're in a place with a lot of mosquitoes, there's a mosquito net, or put some uh, uh, screening on the windows. So this uh, definition of the disturbing emotion that goes with a uh, destructive behavior is very helpful in this uh, context. The definition of destructive emotions that accompany destructive behavior, disturbing emotions, is exactly the meaning of the word disturbing. Lose peace of mind, and we lose self-control. That is not a happy state of mind, is it? I'm paranoid and afraid that another mosquito is going to come and upset my sleep. You don't have peace of mind then you don't have the self-control to just be able to relax and go to sleep because you're afraid. And the way that we are acting is compulsive, isn't it? Neurotically compulsive. As if you're about to jump up from bed put on you know one of these uh, pit helmets that uh, the British used to wear when they go on safari in uh, Africa, and now you're on safari hunting in the room to see if there's another mosquito. But, uh, <laughs> that's the first scope. This... Overcoming, working to overcome worse rebirths by uh, exercising ethical self control to when we feel like acting in a negative way, not to do it. Okay? So let's spend a few moments digesting that, thinking about that from our own experience. This, by the way, is a, a type of meditation. That uh, is emphasized in, emphasized by His Holiness the Dalai Lama, emphasized in the uh, Tibetan teachings as uh, being extremely helpful. And this is sometimes translated as analytical meditation. And uh, I find that the word analytical perhaps is a little bit misleading, a little bit too technical. So I use another technical term instead. <laughs> discerning meditation. Discern means to try to see this in your life. In other words, we try to see in our lives a certain point in the uh, teachings to try to examine our lives and see ah, yes, I see that. When I acted in this destructive way, it was very compulsive and there was a lot of attachment or a lot of anger behind it and what was the result? I was really quite miserable. you try to Confirm that by seeing that in your own experience. So, by discerning this, by seeing it, then we become more and more convinced that this is really true. And it's only on the basis of that belief that this is a fact of life, this conviction that this is a fact of life, that we will actually start to change our behavior. So, this is... uh, a very important form of meditation uh, because meditation, you know, the word in the original languages means to build up a beneficial habit. This is the connotation of the Tibetan term build up a beneficial habit and uh, the Sanskrit uh, term implies to make something actually happen. In other words, to make an actual transformation in ourselves. Okay. Okay. It'll take a five-minute break.